0: to British Murders, a true crime podcast with a focus on British murder cases. My name's Stuart Blues and I'm excited for you to join me on this journey of morbid discovery. I am by no means an expert on the subjects of homicide and serial killers, however I have always had a sick fascination with them. Together we will learn about some of the lesser known British murderers as well as glimpsing occasionally at some of the more notorious ones. The bite-sized presentation of this podcast is intentional as we look to cover an overview of the respective timelines of each case succinctly. As one of England's oldest towns, Ipswich has over 1500 years of maritime industry and agricultural heritage. Based in the county of Suffolk, East England, Ipswich is the town we will be exploring for the duration of this episode. Having said that, our story starts in the neighbouring county of Norfolk, East England. On April 24th, 1958, Conrad and Patricia Wright welcomed their second child into the world. They named him Stephen Gerald James Wright. Conrad and Patricia went on to have two more children, meaning the family was made up of their eldest son, then Stephen, or Steve as he would later be known, and finally two daughters. Conrad was a military policeman and as a result the family moved a lot during Steve's childhood. The family spent time living in both Malta and Singapore as well as everywhere throughout the UK. Patricia... A veterinary nurse left the family in 1964 when Steve was only six, followed by a divorce from Conrad in 1978. Steve was practically raised by his father. He did live by quite strict rules and Steve was put back into line whenever he did something wrong. As a result of this, as well as all the constant moving around the country, Steve would often put on an easygoing persona so that people would get along with him This wasn't necessarily his true character, it was something that was born out of necessity. Both of Steve's parents eventually remarried, with his father having two more children with his second wife, Valerie. Having left school in 1974, Steve joined the British Merchant Navy as a chef. In 1978, a 20-year-old Steve married Angela O'Donovan in the Welsh town of Milford Haven, Pembrokeshire. You may recall this town was mentioned in episode 4 of British Murders, which focused on Welsh serial killer John Cooper, also known as the Bullseye Killer. That episode is available in the archives, on the website, as well as on all your streaming services, if you want to check it out. Hopefully you have already. Steve and Angela had a son named Michael, however they separated and divorced in 1987. A few months later, in August 1987, Steve married his second wife, 32-year-old Diane Cassell. Steve never settled into a career and undertook a variety of job roles throughout his life. He became a steward on the Queen Elizabeth II, or QE2, a now-retired British ocean liner or passenger ship. His other job roles included that of a lorry driver, a barman and a forklift truck driver. In July 1988, Steve and Diane separated. In 2001, Steve worked as a barman at the Brook Hotel in Felixstowe in Suffolk. He was fired from this job for stealing 80 pounds from the till, around 92 pounds today, and was ordered to carry out 100 hours of community service. One crucial point to note here is that after this conviction for theft, Steve's DNA was added to the UK National Criminal Intelligence DNA database. This is essentially the database where DNA is recorded for anyone charged with a criminal offence in the UK, even if they are subsequently acquitted of that crime. During this period of Steve's life, he built up a rather large amount of debt with various third parties due to his excessive gambling. He was also declared bankrupt around this time. Given the amount of things going wrong in Steve's life up to this point, he twice attempted suicide, however both attempts failed. In 1994, he tried to kill himself by way of carbon monoxide poisoning from his car's exhaust, and in 2000, he took a pill overdose. In 2001, Steve met Pamela Wright. No relation, they just shared the same surname. ...in Felixstowe, a seaside town in Suffolk. On October 1st, 2006, the couple moved to a flat on London Road... ...which is in the red-light district of Ipswich. Steve was a prolific user of prostitutes and this was no secret. He started during his time with the Merchant Navy... ...and continued to use sex workers throughout his life. One such sex worker named Lindy St. Clair has gone on record as stating that Steve attacked her in the 1980s, however, nothing has come of this claim to date. Steve regularly visited brothels posing as legitimate massage parlours. On October 30th, 2006, 19-year-old sex worker Tania Nickel went missing. Having left home at the age of 16, Tania started working as a prostitute in order to fund her addiction to cocaine and heroin. She was reported as missing on November 1st, 2006 by her mum after not being seen for two days. On November 15th, 2006, 25-year-old sex worker Gemma Adams disappeared after leaving her home to start working. Gemma became addicted to heroin in her teenage years and was also working as a prostitute to finance her addiction. Neither Tania or Gemma's families knew they were sex workers, however Gemma's boyfriend a fellow heroin user, was aware of her job. On December 2nd, 2006, Gemma Adams's body was found by a member of the public in a river near Hintlesham, a small village in Suffolk. She was naked, however police stated that there was no evidence of sexual assault. An autopsy was carried out, however it was unable to establish the cause of death. On December 8, 2006, the body of Tania Nickel was found by police divers in a river near Copdock Mill, a pet wholesaler in Ipswich. Once again, the body was found naked, with no evidence of sexual assault and no cause of death established. Tania Nickel and Gemma Adams worked in the same area and were acquaintances because of this. Their bodies were found around two miles apart from each other. Two days later, on December 10th, 2006, a member of the public spotted a third body in some woods near Nacton, East Suffolk. It was that of 24-year-old prostitute and mother of one, Anna Lee Alderton. She was also in the early stages of pregnancy. Anna Lee disappeared on December 3, 2006, having last been seen on a train heading for Ipswich. As with the first two bodies... Anna Lee's body was found naked, however on this occasion, the body had been arranged into the shape of a cross. Her arms were out to the side, and her legs together. It's what is known as the cruciform position. Unlike the first two autopsies, Anna Lee's was able to confirm her cause of death as asphyxiation. On December 12, 2006, police were notified of another body found by a member of the public. The body was that of Annette Nichols, a 29-year-old mother of one. Similar to Tania Nickel and Gemma Adams, Annette Nichols was working as a prostitute in order to fund her drug addiction. Annette's body was found naked, however once again there were no signs of sexual assault. As with Anna Lee, Annette's body had been arranged into the shape of a cross. The cause of death once more could not be established, however it was noted That Annette's breathing had been restricted. Later that same day when searching the surrounding area, the police helicopter spotted another body a few hundred yards from Annette. The fifth body belonged to 24 year old mother of three Paula Clennell. Paula disappeared on December 10th 2006 and her body was found naked with no evidence of sexual assault. Paula's autopsy revealed her death was caused as a result of her throat being compressed. She had been strangled. Shockingly, Paula was actually interviewed prior to her death by a local news station as a result of the discovery of the previous bodies. Paula was noted as saying the recent murders had made her more wary of getting into cars with strangers, however she needed to continue working as she needed the money. Now, I appreciate that a lot of the victims had similar names, so I'll take the time here to summarise. A total of five bodies were found between December 2nd and December 12th 2006. The victims were all female prostitutes whose bodies were found naked with no evidence of sexual assault. Three of the bodies had autopsies which were unable to establish the cause of death. The remaining two bodies had autopsies which confirmed the cause of death as asphyxiation for both. The victims were identified as Tania Nickel, Gemma Adams, Anna Lee Alderton, Annette Nichols, and Paula Clennell. On December 18, 2006, police arrested their first suspect, 37 year old supermarket worker Tom Stevens. On December 19, 2006, police arrested their second suspect a 48-year-old forklift truck driver from Ipswich. His name was Stephen Wright. On December 21st, 2006, police's first suspect Tom Stevens was released on bail, pending further inquiries. The following day, on December 22nd, 2006, police formally charged Stephen Wright with the murder of the five prostitutes found earlier in the month. Remember when I said it was crucial that Steve's DNA was added to the UK National Criminal Intelligence DNA database? The reason? The minor misdemeanour of stealing £80 from a pub's till was what led to his capture and subsequent conviction. Steve's DNA was found on three of the women's bodies while new techniques allowing microscopic fibres to be identified led to such fibres from his clothing, car and home being discovered on all five victims' bodies. A single black nylon fibre from the footwell of Wright's car was found in Tania Nichols' hair, despite the fact her body had lain in water for five weeks before it was discovered. Blood belonging to two of the women was found on Steve's jacket, along with specks of blood being found in his car. CCTV and number plate recognition technology had also placed Steve's car in Ipswich's red light district at the same time several of the victims disappeared. On May 1st 2007, Steve pleaded not guilty to all charges at Ipswich Crown Court. He argued that he had had sex with the women, but had not killed them, saying it was merely coincidental that forensic evidence linked him to all five. On January 14, 2008, the murder trial started and the jury was sworn in. On February 21, 2008, after only eight hours of deliberation, the jury found Steve guilty of all five murders. On February 22, 2008, Steve was sentenced to life imprisonment. After ordering Steve to serve the maximum sentence available, the Honourable Mr Justice Calvert-Smith, the case judge, stated this was a targeted campaign of murder it is right you should spend your whole life in prison it was reported that steve sat emotionless when the prosecutor's asked the judge to ensure he is never to be allowed out of prison steve is currently on the home office's list of prisoners who will serve a whole life tariff also known as a whole life order this is something i have covered in previous episodes of british murders a number of cold cases including several unsolved prostitute murders have been examined by police forces across Britain since Steve's arrest. In July 1986, 25-year-old estate agent Susie Lamplu went missing in Fulham, London. She was officially declared dead in 1994 and presumed to have been murdered. In 1982, Susie worked as a beautician on the same QE2 ocean liner at the same time that Steve Wright was working on the ship as a steward. Police, however, have said that this was not a strong line of inquiry, and a senior Metropolitan Police officer described the link as merely speculative. As of 2020, the Susie Lamplu case remains unsolved and her body has never been found. In 1992, 16 year old Natalie Pierman was found strangled after disappearing from the red light area of Norwich in Norfolk. In 1993, 26 year old Mandy Duncan of Woodbridge, Suffolk, vanished while working as a prostitute in Ipswich. Police in Cleveland, an area in the northeast of England, have not ruled out a link between Steve and the murder of Vicky Glass, a heroin addict who vanished from Middlesbrough, northeast England, in September 2000. Vicky's naked body was found in a river on the North York Moors. Also in 2000, 29-year-old Kelly Pratt vanished from the red light area of Norwich. In June 2012, criminologist David Wilson speculated that Steve may have killed Norwich prostitute Michelle Bettles. However, his theory was dismissed by the police. 22-year-old Michelle was strangled in March 2002... And her body was found three days later in the woods. The story of the murders was dramatised in a 2010 miniseries named Five Daughters, starring Jamie Winston. A musical play named London Road was commissioned by the Royal National Theatre. It is based on interviews with residents of the street in Ipswich where Steve Wright lived. A film adaptation of the play was released in the UK in 2015. Documentary makers Real Crime featured an episode based on the murders and is available to watch on YouTube. I didn't watch it for this episode, however I have seen a previous episode of Real Crime and they do great work covering topics such as this. I researched the episode they did on the bullseye killer John Cooper for episode 4 of British Murders. The Ipswich serial murders have been compared to those of Peter Sutcliffe, known as the Yorkshire Ripper, Sutcliffe was convicted of murdering 13 women, mainly prostitutes, over a period of five years from 1975 to 1980 in Northern England. Comparisons have also been made with Jack the Ripper, the infamous Victorian serial murderer who also targeted and killed prostitutes in late 19th century London. These comparisons led to the media outlets referring to Steve as the Suffolk Strangler. That was the story of British murderer Steve Wright. For more on British murders, please consider becoming a Patreon contributor. If you visit the link in the show notes and sign up for the middle or top tier, you'll get a personalised thank you video from me. You'll also gain access to raw and unedited audio, my scripts, early access to episodes each week, behind the scenes footage and much more. Shout out to my first ever patron, Dale Wilkinson. You are now an official commander of the British Empire. To follow British Murders on social media, click on the respective links in the show notes. I'm very active on Twitter these days and I do respond to every message I receive. You can send any case suggestions to me via social media or email. The address is britishmurderspodcast at gmail.com it's worth noting though that i only cover cases that have been solved i don't do any of this unsolved stuff and also where the suspect is british thank you to those who have left me a review on itunes so far bobby holmes of killer stories podcast poppy robinson fern of evidence of a crime podcast and itunes user Kel please continue to leave me reviews on iTunes as it really helps the show grow and it will be greatly appreciated. For now, I've been Stuart Blues. This has been British Murders. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, cheerio.